you will get your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And find your way to verse 16. Ephesians 6, 16. When you've found your place, let's stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. In addition to all, having taken up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Father, we ask that you'd bless this word for your glory, for our benefit. This is your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish, and there's that word again, all flaming arrows of the evil one. This morning we continue what we have been looking at for some weeks now, mainly suiting up with the armor of God. The Apostle Paul, back in verse 10, called for the Ephesian believers. And I believe that God's word calls for all believers to be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Friends, we need to be strong. We need to be bold. We need to proclaim the Lord. And he tells them to put on the armor of God in verse 11. He tells them why they are to uh, put on the armor. To encourage them to put on the armor. So that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. You know the devil has schemes. He has wicked plans against you. Against the believer. In verse 12, the apostle tells more of this, what he calls a struggle, an outright fight, if you will. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this Darkness against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So therefore we see there it names five against. Five things that are against. Against and against and against. We must know the struggle. We must know that it's real. And it's against us. We must be strong. We must put on the full armor of God. And I believe that word full means every piece. Every piece that we've mentioned, every part of the armor of God. We should not leave one piece of armor unattended to. We should suit up. I shared with you already, I think back when we were talking about the full of armor of God, about when I leave for work in the mornings and I have to check because I carry so much armor. 
And I got to make sure that I have it all. Because leaving one part could get me in trouble. Thankfully, I have Tracy who calls me on the phone and says, you left this. <laughs> but listen, as Christians, we can't leave it. I believe the devil's just saying, leave it. Leave it. You don't need it. You don't need to put on the truth today. You don't need to read God's word today and get his truth. You're tired. You've had a busy day. Sleep later. Don't get up and read the Bible. Ah, look, you don't need the breastplate of righteousness. Go out and enjoy your friends. Have a good time. Don't be holier than thou. We struggle. We struggle with forces that we don't even know. And because we're born of this sin nature, it slips up on us so easy. Because before we became believers, we were at enmity with God. We were Satan's little puppets. Being held in sin's sway. Put on the full armor of God, verse 13, so, so that you will be able to resist the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. Paul continues to talk about taking a stand. We do take stands in what we believe in. Amen? You let, uh, let me tell you about a mother dog. You get around her puppies, even though she might be somebody's pet, but you get around her puppies and she will bite you. If she feels that you're going to be a threat, her puppies, she will fight you. I've seen mockingbirds. When the cat comes near the nest, start diving down at the cat and trying to get the cat's attention. You ever been on like a shopping place parking lot and they have these birds called kildees? And they'll start making a lot of noise and they'll start drawing you to a direction. They want you to chase them, to follow them. Why are they doing that? To get you away from their eggs. Christ wants us to stand firm, to be on guard, to be alert. And then in verses 14 and 15, it starts off with the armor. It's gird your loins with the truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace, it's having gird your loins, having put on the breastplate, having shod your feet. And we come to our text this morning. And it seems like there's a break here. It, there's, there seems like something shifted when we get to verse 16, because he began to talk in a different way, a write in a different way, I may should say. But he says here that in addition to all, or yours might say above all, 
But what it is, is add to these. Add to these that we've already mentioned. Add to the, the truth. And add to the breastplate. And add to the gospel of peace. What the apostle is communicating here, and, and he says it different. He says, take up the shield of faith. Take up, take the helmet of salvation and the sword, meaning take the sword. The others was having, 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 and now this says take, take, take. What's up with that? Well, to gird your loins means to fasten it on. I use the word belt when I, y'all remember that you cinch up your belt with the truth. And that's fastened. When they put on a breastplate, it was fastened on them to hold and stay with them. And the shoes, they're buckled up. Again, fastened there. And it said you had you having done this, having done this, and having done this, but we get to the shield, the helmet, and the sword. These are things we just take up. The apostle says, take up the shield of faith. There were different type of shields. But the two most common, one was rather small, perhaps two feet in diameter. It was secured to the arm by two leather straps. I figured just something to, to help hold it. And like I said, it was probably so big, just two feet in diameter. And it was for hand-on-hand -hand combat. It was to, when they were coming at you and going to hit you with a sword, it was to throw that forearm up with that shield and block that sword. Without it, and you do that arm up, you'd be missing an arm. So it was there as a defensive weapon to block. The second shield, they estimated it to be two and a half feet wide, four and a half feet tall. We have a shield like that at the police department, like for riots and things like that. And it has, um, it's, it has the shield out here, and inside the shield it has two handles. And, and so if you're going in and they're, they're throwing rocks or those something cocktail, I can't remember what, where they light it with fire and throw it at you, you can block it with a shield, but also at that height, to being four and a half feet high, you can kneel down and... You know, and blocking it covers your whole body. Standing up, it might hit your legs, but it would defend your whole body by kneeling down. And so, and that's what's believed that even the front line people in the battles of the Romans, that's that's they would go with those big shields, and and so blocking the flaming arrows that was going after them, and so. Apostle Paul here talking not about physical warfare but about spiritual warfare. And he says your shield is faith. Don't leave home without it. Carry your faith. And this is not just a faith in in believing the doctrines, but it's a trust in God. It is a solid trust. Trust and obey. It's trusting Him. To follow His commands, yes, that's trusting Him. I heard of a Civil War battle, and I won't remember it in its entirety, but I know what happened and what was the problem. They, I can't remember which army is which, so forgive me. But there was this hill that had to be conquered, and the enemy was on the hill. And 
they gave out the order for this company to charge up this hill at a certain time. And the leader of that army thought, well, there are many. And they're on top of the hill and they're looking down at us. And if we charge up, they're going to wipe us out. What they didn't know was the plan was there was another company on the other side of the hill and they were going to be charging up that side of the hill, but this one was going to go a little bit before to get the enemy distracted to go down the hill after them while this one came up behind them and took them. But the company commander did not give the charge that's supposed to went first. And so therefore the one that did obey the command, and when at its time, the enemy came down and slaughtered them. If only they would have trusted their orders. And that's why we must trust God's orders. He knows. He has a plan. Even though we can't understand the plan, we should just trust and obey. Amen? Well, faith is the believer's source of strength. But it's not just faith. It's the object of faith. The very object of faith is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that gives strength. It's Remember what Ephesians 6.10 says. It says, finally be strong in the Lord. Be strong in what? In the Lord and in the might of His strength. Know that your faith is not just believing, but who you're believing in and who you're truly trusting. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him, please the Lord, for he who comes to God must believe that He is a rewarder. I think, I think there's just a pause there between... He is, I think He is God. Know who He is. He's the creator of the universe. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is all in all. And He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. I'm thankful I'm in his hands. Amen. One day he's going to call me home. I don't know how he's going to do it. It might be through illness. It might be through a car wreck. It could be anything. But one day he's going to call me home. But there's no fear. Because faith chases out fear. I've shared this with you many times, and I will share it with you many more times, Lord willing. My college roommate, Brad Peavy House, I went to his house when the doctor said there was nothing else they could do, and he had two weeks to live. And I went and sat at his dining room table with him, and with lack of words, like your preachers most of the time is, I said, Brad, What's going on? And I'll never forget. I'll never forget that he looked at me and he smiled. He said, Larry, I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm headed home. With a smile on his face. Two weeks later, he went home. The devil can't do anything 
He can't come up with a scheme when a man lives his faith like that. What are you going to do, devil? Kill me? And I'll get to go be with Jesus, the one that's going to throw you in that fiery pit? Or as Brother Harold Danley used to say, he's going to step on his head and grab him by the ankles and stretch his neck out like a rubber band and then throw it in the fiery pit. Faith. In Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, Habakkuk's claim, and Paul recited that Habakkuk there in Romans, and I forgot the text, but it's in Romans, the righteous will live by faith. That's what he said. The righteous will live by faith. That is what the believer is called to live by, to live by faith. Everyone lives by some type of faith. It's not like a hard thing to do. Jamie, did y'all cross over a bridge coming here today? Did you stop and get out before you got to the bridge and went and looked at the pillars and see if they were okay? You just had faith and crossed that bridge. How many of you as you was driving here this morning or in a car coming this morning when you met another car coming towards you just began to shake with fear that that car was going to cross that four inch yellow line and hit you head on? You had faith that there was going to be an easy pass. How many of you went to the restaurant where you can't even see the kitchen? And a stranger comes out and puts food in front of you and you ate the food. You had faith. You ought to be a police officer. Yeah, I know of restaurants that their cooks have worn our jewelry called handcuffs. You go there. There's a story. Tracy and her dad and I went to a restaurant. And this is when I was doing some transports. And one of the inmates found out that I was a pastor. And he he called me pastor. And unbeknowing to me, he got out. And we went to this restaurant. And I was talking to Tracy's dad. And I was kind of just looking at him. And the waiter comes up. And he sets the food before my father-in-law. And I'm still just talking And all of a sudden I hear, Pastor! And I turn around and he grabs me and hugs me. And I was going, oh, hey. And Tracy, he walked out. Tracy said, who was that? Well, he was an inmate. (laughs) Enjoy your food. (laughs) But you know what we did? We ate it. We had faith. So faith is pretty common. However, faith in God is more than the practical. It is more reliable. Christian faith is powerful, effective, because of its object of Jesus Christ. What can this world do to a believer who lives by faith? Nothing. The answer is nothing unless God allows it. 
absolute nothing. That, that's why Dave, young David walked out in that valley with this big giant. He wasn't trusting in his strength. The very question when the, the giant Goliath was taunting the army of Israel, David was like, what? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who taunts the army of the living God? That was his puzzle. That's what he couldn't understand. And that phrase, uncircumcised Philistine, means an unbeliever. One who has no faith. His only faith is in himself. And that's weak. Weak faith. John MacArthur writes and tells of a missionary named John Patton who was translating the Bible for a South Seas Island tribe and he discovered that there was not a word in their language that translates from trust or faith. And, and he was having a very difficult time and wanting to be able to translate God's word and talk of the trust and the faith, and he could not find the translation for those two words. And one day he was sitting in his chambers and he had a big chair there and one of the natives came in and just flopped down in that chair. And he said, it is so good to rest my weight on this chair. And the missionary says, that's it. To rest their weight upon God. That's what I'll use. To rest the weight upon God. How many of us? when the arrows are thrown, when the hard times come, can rest our weight upon God. The soldier, Shields, was... <laughs> can I break just a minute? I'm looking down at my notes. I don't know how y'all's pastor makes it. I spelt wood, which is supposed to be spelt W-O-O-D. W-O-U-L-D. I, I don't know where my brain was when I... <laughs> the shields were made of W-O-O-D, and they were covered with metal or with leather, old leather, it was said, to stop the flaming arrows or spears. What, where are, what are these flaming arrows? Where are they coming from? Our text says the evil one or the wicked one. Who is that? It's the devil. The devil. Have you ever been overtaken by sin? Sure you have. The answer is probably not singular. It's probably many times. Why? Because this sin nature, we're acceptable. He's cunning. He's sly. We're, we're not always alert. We're not always on guard. Especially when we think everything's good. When everything's good, we do, when we leave in the house, we don't stop and pick up our shield. I don't need it. I don't need it today.
And he knows when we don't stop and pick up the shield. He's going, aha! I got them now. Oh, they've been enjoying their religion and serving their God, but they left today without their shield. I will get them now. The Apostle Paul would not have called it a struggle if there weren't evil forces against us. There are many different types of arrows. And the evil one, the devil knows the one that he's used before and had great success with. You know, I listen to hunters, and I'm there's those who hunt deer with bow and arrows, and I'm certain that they have the certain type of arrow that they know that kills the deer faster or uh, slows him down or whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish, and they probably recommend to do this arrow or that arrow. It's kind of like fishing. Well, you get this type of hook, you do the Carolina rig, and you can catch this fish and that fish with this and this. And knows exactly, and Satan knows the arrow. He knows what to hit you with. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. God inspired Peter to write, Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, to destroy, to kill. But resist him. Firm in your faith. Resist him how? Being firm in your faith. Knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Peter was saying as that Christians was being persecuted, look, he's trying to destroy you. He's just like that lion that's going around and roaring and, and he has an appetite. And he's wanting to devour you up. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Peter's saying, make your faith strong. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. And so, therefore, we should spend time strengthening our faith in the word. He's still about roaring. Phone call day after day after day of cancer, heart problems, you name it. To this morning when Kobe calls about, a, didn't know it at the time, but about a strained muscle, all I could do was just drop my head and pray. I didn't know about the strained muscle, him picking someone up. All I got was this morning was a pain in the hip. And there's just been way too many phone calls. First John chapter five, verse four. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Again, it's the object of our faith. That's what's overcome the world. 
That's who defeated death. That's who defeated sin. That's who rose up from the grave. That's who ascended to the Father and sat at the right hand and He intercedes for you and I. Psalms 91.4 He, being God, will cover you with His pinions, His wings. And under His wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. A bulwark is a fortified wall. It's like being in a fort. Is being in Christ. He's our object. Now I'm going to read you some writings from Charles Haddon Spurgeon that he wrote. There is a sacred art to being able to handle the shield of faith. Let me explain to you how that, that can be. You will, hand, you will handle it well if you are able to quote the promises of God against the attacks of your enemy. The devil said, one day you shall be poor and starve. But the believer said, no, handling his shield well. He said, I will, the believer says that God says, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Bread shall be given him, his waters shall be sure. Yes, said Satan, but you one day will fall by the hand of the enemy. No, said faith, for I am persuaded that he which began a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, said Satan. But the slander of the enemy will overturn you. No, said faith, surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath shall thou restrain. Yes, said Satan, as he shot another arrow. You are weak. Yes, said faith, handling his shield well again. But my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yes, said Satan, but your sin is great. Yes, said faith, the promise, but he is able to save the uttermost that unto God by him. But said the enemy again, drawing his sword and making a tremendous thrust God has cast you off. No, said faith. He hateth putting away. The Lord will not cast off his inheritance. But I will have you after all, said Satan. No, said faith, dashing <clears throat> the uh, bases of the enemy. Jaws, he said, I give eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. Faith. The handler of faith handled it well. Flaming arrows. Matthew Henry in his commentary, stated that flaming arrows are violent temptations that once they hit, that sets the soul on fire with its passions. You, you know that. Satan knows your temptation. He knows what will set your, fire, your soul on fire what will burn you up within? We must take up the shield of faith. Knowing the object of faith. Everywhere we go, we must have that shield of faith.
Don't allow him to catch you unaware. Proverbs 5, verses 22 and 23. His own iniquities will capture him who is the wicked one. And with the cords of his sin, he will be held fast. He will die for lack of discipline. And in the abundance of his folly, he will stumble in his intoxication. Earlier we read in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it said, Be sober in the spirit and be on alert. What the proverb says is that many are not, and therefore they're held down by the cords of sin in their life, and they're intoxicated with the things of the world, and there they lay drunken. No strength whatsoever. Not alert. Not knowing what's happening to them. The Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews 12.1 to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. Lay aside every weight. What is weight? A weight is a hindrance. Uh, Paul, I, th- I think he was really big into in sports games and an athlete because he refers to it often. Paul says if you're going to run the race, you don't need to be weighted down. What does run what do runners do? They 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 get the latest greatest shoes to run in. They wear something very light, usually running shorts made for running, light t-shirt. That's it. And they get out there and just run. They don't want to be running in blue jeans. When I started this journey that I'm on, uh, the guys invited me to go to our track that we have out there, and they said, well, we just go after work. <laughs> well, I was in uniform. They had their stuff at the gym out there, and they changed into jogging pants, uh, sweatpants, because it was cold then, and, and, and their tennis shoes. And I was out there running in uniform pants and police shoes. Well, I wasn't running. Take that back. I was doing a fast walk. Uh, and, and they pick on me today about that. But, yeah, Larry comes out there in, in his police shoes. What weight... It doesn't necessarily say sin. And I believe some translations doesn't call it weight, it calls it hindrances. Lay aside the hindrances. What hinders you from running the race of faith? Whatever that is, it might not be sin itself, but it's hindering you. And you've got to lay it aside. And then he says that sin that so easily besets you. Do you, you do know, I'm not going to ask you that question. You do know that sin. You do know what so easily hinders you. Chocolate. I am a chocolate fan. And it hinders me. Every, back through my career, every once in a while we'd get, most of the time, thank the Lord, nearly all the time, a fake bomb threat at some school. 
and we have to go to the schools to look for the bomb. But we didn't know the schools. We had to find people who knew the schools. So we had each teacher, because we depended upon the teacher to know her classroom or know his classroom. And so we said, is there anything in your classroom that you haven't seen before? Is there something that's sticking out? Is there something that you can look in there and say, well, I haven't seen that before? Whether it's just a coat rolled up or whatever, examine that and let us know. And if they said, well, yes, I don't remember that. Well, we'd have our bomb team there that was dressed up in a bomb suit. And, and even today they have a robot that would go in there and check it out. But we asked the teacher. And I don't know your sin that so easily besets you. But you do. You know what you need to stay away from. You know what you need to put aside. When I go on a diet, Tracy's real good about getting all the stuff that I shouldn't eat out of the house. Kobe should be three times my size because he, she usually gives it to him. And But she gets everything out. We I don't want it there. Because why? Because of temptation. Do you do that? How do you get it out, preacher? You get it in the Word. You begin to pray. You begin to put on that armor and trust God. And when that thought enters your mind. Shake it out. <laughs> Pray, God, get this thing out. Get it away from me. Because I want to live honoring to you. I want to be uh, I want to be your vessel. I want to be a vessel of honor for you, glory, that you for you, God, for your glory, so that you will channel you through me to others. Do you want to be a worthy vessel? We'll run our race of faith. Chapter 11, they call it the hall of faith. Those who are witness to us. 12.1 says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses and so many times people have thought, that that meant that they were looking down at heaven watching us. No, they showed us the way. They are our they are witnesses to us how to run the race of faith. That when Abraham said, "Go by God," he went. He didn't say, "Well, God, I got to do this. I got you know, I got this party next week, for a birthday for my cousin." And he didn't go down with all the excuses why he couldn't go. He just went. And when those three Hebrew boys was told they was going to be thrown in the fire and what God could save them from Nebuchadnezzar, they said, Oh, king, it's not so careful that we answer you, but just to let you know, our God is able to deliver us from the fire or through the fire. However, king, let it be known, we will not bow to your golden image. I think they knew God. A faith that endures is a faith that sees you to the finish line. The completion of the promise. I read the four P's of faith. That's prayer, purpose, preparation, and persistence. Acronym for faith. Forsake all, I trust him. 
It's faith. Forsake all. I trust him. Nothing else. He is the flaming arrow arrow distinguisher. He puts it out. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. Though arrows want to hit, and they want to hit you hard, they want to destroy you, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's it. His word is full of so many promises. He loves us so. He wants us to live by faith. And he says there's going to be some battles. There's going to be struggles because we live in a wicked world. Take up your shield of faith. Take it up. Go out in the struggles of this world knowing the object of your faith. Let's pray. Our Father, Lord God, we come and we thank you so much, God, that Father, that you do have an armor for us, Lord, and God, that we may suit up. And by all means, that we take up the shield of faith that will put out the flaming arrows. Help us to trust you in every circumstance, in every way, in every day, to trust you. We ask and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing number.